This episode is sponsored by Diverse Tax Services. Do you want to start a nonprofit or a for-profit business? Do you have unfiled taxes? Say no more. Diverse Tax Services is the place you're looking for. Stop paying high tax prep and business startup costs. Begin your dream business or catch up on unfiled taxes. Don't take my word for it. With a $20 consultation fee, let this company lay out their winning strategy for you. Nationwide services include IRS audit, liens, levies, and garnishment assistance. And this company is also what? The official accountant firm for the Being Blunt podcast. That's right. I said it. The Being Blunt podcast. So I personally can attest and vouch for their professionalism. So check out Diverse Tax Services and call them today at 678-760-5626. And I repeat, 678-760-5626. Sean B, being blunt, iconic. I said, Sean so blunt, you can smoke his truth. He's screaming from the lungs so loud it shakes the roof. Cause to really elevate, it takes a boost. He don't ever hesitate, and the words the proof. Cause to be a pioneer for change, you gotta pave the way. Using the knowledge to enlighten all the people today. Putting the truth on display for community's sake. With the passion and compassion, he's a unity saint. Cause being blunt ain't a stunt, it's the mission though. Don't be blind, recognize what the vision holds. Open your ears, it's clear, just listen though. Sean B, being blunt, yo, here we go. Hey, what's up? And welcome to the Being Blunt Podcast. I don't have a lot of time, so let's get straight to it. Black History Month is an observance in the U.S. that promotes and celebrates black achievement, which is why I wanted to record this episode on the last day of February. We often acknowledge contribution of many familiar names, but for this episode, I wanted to focus on some names you may not recognize. I wanted to tell the story of some college kids at my alma mater who may not be recognizable to you, but their contributions left an unforgettable mark at Southern University down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Growing up as a young kid, I always knew I wanted to go to college. At the time, I linked it to college sports. I was a big fan of college football and basketball, so I naturally gravitated to the big-name schools like UCLA, Ohio State, LSU, and others, probably because they were on television all the time. Well, that changed in 1982 when I attended my first Bayou Classic. A famous rivalry football game between Gramlin State University and my school, which is played down in New Orleans at the Superdome. It was probably my parents' way of not only introducing HBCUs to their sons, but more specifically, Southern University, as this school was my parents' alma mater. After that game, I knew it would be mine too. Fast forward six years, I'm now a bushy-eyed freshman full of excitement, happy to call myself a Jaguar. I was now a part of the freshman class attending the largest historical black college in the nation. My experience was great on the yard, where everyone was accepted and rarely left out. The culture is amazing and the food is one of a kind. My biggest takeaway 
were the professors who not only taught us, but prepared us for the real world. Southern's campus is big enough to where you don't feel crowded and yet small enough to recognize familiar faces while walking on campus. Till this day, I can still go back to homecoming and see those familiar faces from the days we were all undergrads. As I sit here and reflect on my memories about the marching band, a.k.a. the jukebox, and all of the sporting and Greek events, I couldn't help but think about those who paved the way for me so that I can enjoy that environment. And that's what I want to talk to you about. Today, I want to talk about the 1972 shooting at Southern University. In 1970, over 10,000 black students attended the university. Although the school president and most of the administration were black, the university itself was under the control of the Louisiana State Legislature. The staff of Louisiana spent only half as much money on the black students and their facilities as they did on the white students and predominantly white colleges and universities. So basically, we were living one way and the students at LSU was living another. The students at Southern University had endured low quality food, inadequate funding, overcrowdedness and improper housing. That included worn out and torn mattresses in such a bad shape that many opted to sleep on the floor of their dorm room. Does that sound familiar, Howard University? For those who don't know what I'm talking about, Howard University students led a protest late last year for similar poor conditions for their dorms in 2021. Can you believe it? We're still fighting the good fight. In addition, Southern University students also wanted more courses on African-American history and culture and a separate black controlled board of trustees. By November of 1972, the students attempted to present their grievances about campus conditions to the university administration. The students formed an organization led by Ricky Hill and Fred Prejean, where they boycotted classes and held demonstrations throughout the campus for an entire month. You see, at that time, Southern University had a large football following, and they still do today. And during this one game, student protesters took over the field and stopped the game. At the time, Louisiana's governor, Edwin Edwards, ordered the campus closed, citing safety reasons, and sent in the members of the National Guard and the local police. Initially, they followed students across campus and used intimidation tactics to stop the protests. Interesting enough, Edwin Edwards ended up being a very popular governor among all us black folks in Louisiana. Go figure. Nevertheless, four students were arrested in the early hours of November 15th, and the officers eventually left campus. On the morning of November 16th, the student organization met with the university president, Dr. Leon Netterville, and asked him to check the police and ask for the release of these arrested students. Dr. Netterville agreed and told the students they could wait for his return in his office. Meanwhile, other students set fires to the registration office and other university buildings. Although Dr. Netterville left the campus, an unknown caller alerted the police and mentioned that the university president was being held hostage by students in the administration building. Over 300 police and National Guard arrived on campus in full riot gear and with a tank. They surrounded the administration building and ordered the students to come outside. As the students began to emerge from the building, the officers launched tear gas canisters at them. One student threw the canister back in the directions of the officers and shots were fired. When the smoke cleared, two students, Leonard Brown and Denver Smith, were dead. 
The local coroner reported that the students were the victim of either buckshots or shrapnel. No officer was ever charged with the crime. Following that incident, President Netterville resigned. And in 1975, a separate board of trustees was eventually created to govern the university. After five decades, no one has been tried or convicted for the murders. The families of Brown and Smith got no help from President Netterville nor Governor Edwin Edwards. Back then, no lawyers would talk to them, and those who did were run out of town. Thirty years later, the legacy of Smith and Brown continues to live on. The library has archived an extensive collection of reports and historical documentation of that event. As a monument to the students, the naming of the student union as Smith-Brown Memorial Union was approved in February of 1973. Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity organized a Smith-Brown Memorial Fund in efforts to erect a sculptural interpretation of Lift Every Voice and Sing in the courtyard of the union in the spring of 1980. Although the old administration building was destroyed in a fire, a memorial stone was placed on campus near the spot where the students were shot. In 2017, Southern University finally awarded both Brown and Smith their posthumous degree. And I wanted to honor Ricky Hill and Fred Prejean for their efforts as well and their commitments, along with Leonard Brown and Denver Smith for paying the ultimate sacrifice. So whenever you are on campus, whether you are an active student, alumnus, or just a visitor, I encourage you to visit the Union and the Memorial Stone honoring these brave college kids who were defenders of the Golden Blue. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to Being Blunt Pod anywhere you listen to your podcast. Please leave a comment, rate, and review. Don't be stingy. Share the love and this episode with friends and family. Also, follow me on IG, Facebook, and TikTok at Being Blunt Pod. Peace out, folks.